Jim Reynolds Outdoors Advertising Agency is your one-stop shop for advertising, whether it's radio, television, or social media videos. Jim Reynolds Outdoors develops marketing strategies, implements advertising campaigns, and negotiates prices, promotes special events. We can maximize any size budget. Let Jim Reynolds Outdoors help save you time and money and maximize your profits. Go to Jim Reynolds Outdoors website or Facebook for more information. Comfort Inn Suites is the hotel of choice for Spirit of the Outdoors radio show. They offer comfort and satisfaction like no other choice hotel. Modern furnished rooms, free wireless internet, full hot deluxe breakfast, flat screen TV, a daily newspaper, pool, fitness center, and many more amenities for their guests. Find them online at comfortin.com or call 800-4-CHOICE. While in the Fort Smith, Arkansas area, call the Comfort Inn at 479-434-5400. Comfort Inn and Suites, a great place to stay. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online. Welcome back to the Spirit of the Outdoors. And on the phone right now is one of our very best friends to interview, Miss Eva Shockey. Eva, how you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me this morning. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. Hey, uh, I've been reading on your new book, Take a Name, and I am really enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it just came out, which is just crazy that people now actually have it in their hands and they're getting back to me and telling me that they loved it and they loved the family stories and all the stuff that the behind the scenes stuff I don't normally talk about. So it's pretty incredible to see my stories out there and people getting to enjoy them. You know, uh, one thing I liked, uh, I think it was with first few pages you know you talked about both of your grandpas and in my life both of my granddads meant a lot to me you know they both introduced me to fishing and hunting and the right way to live the wrong way to live and they were just they were my heroes get right down to it and uh, that impressed me that was almost one of the first things you talked about was the grandparents yeah I'm, I'm kind of the same way our family is very very important and for me hunting is all about family I got into it because of my father but he got into it because of his grand or his fathers and their fathers before them and I mean now hopefully going forward there'll be a few more girls mixed in there in the family but it's just something that we do to spend time together and be out in the woods so my grandfathers were a huge part of my life and they passed away a few years ago in the same year but um, I think about them every single day I actually named my daughter she's eight months now I named her after my grandpa Len. Wow that's pretty cool. I remember the first time I interviewed you when I was reading the book, it was just like that interview was coming alive. You know, one of the things I assumed you were a Shockey, Jim Shockey's daughter. You've probably been hunting since you could walk. And I said, how long have you been hunting? And said, not that long. Now, this was quite a few years ago. I said, not that long. I was a ballerina before that. And I didn't know that. And it shocked me. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, that was, that was what I, why I wanted to write the book. I really wanted to get some stories out there that maybe people don't know about us or most likely don't know about me and my family and sort of the journey that we've taken and the book really does tell the story of the journey from me as a non-hunter which I was for a long long time to me as a hunter which I am now and very proud of it obviously speak out about it all the time and I try to promote it as much as I can so other people can see how great hunting is and the book was just a reflection of that and trying to show people that I you know in my experience I was a ballerina and I was a little nervous to be a female trying to get into the hunting world because I thought you couldn't be classy and feminine and love to hunt and I was I was wrong and I didn't have 
I didn't have a female role model who was a hunter, so I never really saw that that was possible. And now this book is sort of intended to show people that you you don't have to choose one or the other. You can do whatever it is that you love, no matter if people think it's maybe not the norm. It doesn't really matter if you love to do it. Yeah, at one point in your life, say, hey, I think I'll be a competitive dancer. The, the next thing, say, nah, I'm going to be the best female hunter out there in the world. You can just <laughs> well, do what you want. I'm definitely, definitely not the best female hunter by any means. I know some pretty incredible female hunters, but I am I would say I'm one of the proudest female hunters and one of the people that likes to speak out the most about the passion that I have for the outdoors and hunting, and that's just because I really do believe it's the best lifestyle in the world, and it's so healthy and you get to unplug and you get to challenge yourself mentally and physically and you get to go outdoors and enjoy nature. And then at the end of the day, I mean, I go hunting because I want to know where my meat comes from. And that's the number one reason that I do hunt. So there's really nothing wrong with understanding the connection between where the meat comes from and the meat that's sitting on your dinner table. So that's sort of that was sort of the purpose that, again, the message that I try to get across in the book. And uh, something else I think is pretty cool, I want to make sure people understand this about you, is, now correct me if I get it wrong, but I believe you're the second woman in the history of Field and Stream magazine, which is 100 plus years, to make the cover. How close did I come? Yes, you're you're right. The second solo woman. So I think there's been a few women kind of in group, big group shots or something. But um, the only other woman was Queen Elizabeth II, and that was 30 years before me. She was on there with her hunting dog. So when I was asked, they asked me and put me on the cover with my bow. And the cool thing about it, though, they weren't asking me because they just wanted Eva Shockey on the cover or because that was any big deal. They were asking me because the whole issue was called What's Next. So it was saying what's next in the hunting industry, what's coming up, and what's, like, cool and exciting. And what they were showing, and right, obviously, front and center, was that women are the fastest-growing demographic in the hunting industry. We're, we're growing faster than ever. There's more of us than ever that were hunting before, and they were recognizing that. And I think that's a very incredible, empowering thing for girls to see, that you can be a girl and love to hunt, and you belong there just like everybody else. Now, the last time we talked, I believe it was right after you got married, and your, your husband... Uh, he used to play hockey in Russia, and sometimes you would have to go back, and, or you were going back and forth, and I'd kind of have to wait till you got in the States before I could talk to you. Yeah, we did. We we lived there for two years while he played hockey, just during the hockey season, and I commuted back and forth for actually the cover The cover of my field and stream photo shoot was in New York City, and I, I write a whole chapter mm. about this in the book because they asked me to do it, and they said I needed to come the next week, so I flew from our little town, Magnitogorsk in Russia, Flew 35 hours, did a photo shoot for about six hours, got back on a plane, <laughs> flew 35 hours oh, back to Magneto Course, and I was like, this better be on the cover, because, you know, that was 70 plus hours of travel, and a few months later, someone, um, one of my husband's teammates, his parents were visiting from Canada in Russia, because I didn't have access to the magazine, and they brought one for me, and I just remember looking at it, and in the book, I, I kind of write about my feelings of finally seeing this thing that I, I really didn't believe it till it was in my own hands, and it was incredible. There's one thing I like to talk about. Uh, we've talked about it before, but one of the first hunts you talk about is your moose hunt. Now, I think that is really a great story within itself. You you almost talk about it frame by frame, how it went on, and, and what you hear, what you smell, what you feel. Go through that for us. That, so that was actually one of the big challenges of writing a book in the first place because I am used to having, you know, I host co-host my dad's TV show, Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventure, so there's cameras on us all the time, and I'm also used to doing a lot of social media posting, 
And when you're doing those things, there's imagery to go along with it. So either whether it's the television imagery or at least a photo imagery that you're posting on social. So you don't really have to explain a lot. You just kind of have to talk people through it and host, it, host the situation so that it's kind of entertaining. In a book, it's the complete opposite. There's no imagery at all. You just have a blank page. And I really realize how hard that is because you have to paint a picture every single scene. You have to make people feel like they're there with you and that they understand what was around you, what was in front of you, what was behind you, what the, what the scenery was like, what the weather was like, and all those elements. And that was, so that was my moose sentence. That was the first example of how tough it is to be an author, I found. But I did talk about that hunt, and that was with the purpose, because that moose that I hunted for in the Yukon ended up being the moose or the, the meat that my husband and I served at our wedding for all of our wedding guests. And I was just trying to prove the point of we really do live the lifestyle of field to table and the mountain to table that we want to know where our meat comes from every single day of the year, including at our wedding. When I'm sure we could have chosen any other meat from any grocery store, but we decided to provide it for ourselves. Were those willow bushes you were stalking through, were they really taller than you? They are. They're actually right about eye level for me, which is probably even worse than taller because when my dad is always ahead of me when we're hunting out there in the Yukon, and I'm kind of right in his track, but he fling, he pulls them forward as he walks, and then they fling back, but they're eye level with me, so they fling right back into my eyes. So it's, I kind of have to walk with a shield over my eyes for most of the time. Oh, gosh. Well, what was it like stalking that moose? Um, it was, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. It's incredible. It's exhilarating. Your nerves are all over the place, and they're just such magnificent, beautiful animals, and they provide so much meat. It was... I mean, you just, you're thinking of all those elements the whole time, and the only thing I'm trying to do the entire time on that hunt is, first of all, stay quiet, and second of all, stay calm, because that's, you just don't want to lose your, lose your cool when you're in a situation like that where you're going to have one chance at a shot. And the moose that I hunted in the Yukon is actually going to meet and serve at the wedding for all the guests. So oh, wow. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I know you've told me this before, and, you know, you talk about it in the book, but tell people how you actually got started hunting. Well, there's a few different elements in the book of sort of the process of how I started, but it was basically because I grew up eating wild game my whole life with my family. My dad hunted it, and my mom had a garden, and we filled the freezer and the fridges with all of the stuff that they either harvested or grew themselves, and they didn't really go to the grocery store very often. And when I went away to university, I went all the way to, from Canada, where I lived, to Australia for my for my university degree, so I was really out there all by myself with no one I knew that hunted, so I had to go buy my own meat, and I just, I just really didn't love that. I, it wasn't how I was raised. I felt a little uncomfortable not knowing where it came from, and I mean, in university, you don't have a whole lot of money, so <laughs> I was buying sort of the cheapest meat you could buy, and you just, that, you know that that didn't have, that animal did not have a good life. It wasn't from a sustainable farming practice. It was from some big industrial farm where they, you know, they, they just don't get the life they deserve. So I never loved eating meat during university. So when I came back, I graduated and I came back and I said, Dad, I really want to learn how to hunt because I want to fill my own freezer and provide for myself. And that was, I was 20, <laughs> 20 or 21 when I said that and I haven't looked back. Wow. Well, now the name of your book, well, I guess we better say that, is Taking Aim. And it's uh, Daring to be Different, Happier, Healthier in the Great Outdoors. I think I got that right. If I could rem- I'm yes. doing it off of memory. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, yep, it is. No, it is. <laughs> It was a dramatic pause. That, that's what it is, and it, it is available 
right now wherever books are sold. So it's in bookstores, if your local bookstores, or Barnes & Noble at Cabela's, and also online, and you can go Amazon. com has a full list of all the places. Well, it was. Um, I'm not done with it yet. I'm almost halfway through. Uh, your publicist sent it to me. You signed it. Thank you very much for that, by the way. Uh, You're welcome. I picked it up. I said, oh, look. I told my wife, I got my, Eva's book right here. And I sat down, and I'm, you know, it usually takes me a while to read a book because I, I take my time reading them, and I'll probably read the page over and over. And I just sat down within 30 seconds after I got it in one of my favorite TV shows, Heartland was on TV, but I wasn't even watching it. I just started reading the book. My wife couldn't believe it. And I read about a third of it within three hours, which is real good for me because I don't read real fast. But she said, why are you so wrapped up in this? I said, because I'm sitting here and I'm reviewing every interview over the last four years I've had with her. <laughs> it's so yeah, cool. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's just my real life. It's real stories. And some of them I was a little bit nervous to put in there because they make me vulnerable. And maybe it shows a side of myself and my family that, not everyone sees on the 30-minute clips on our TV show or obviously on the highlight reel on social media. But I really thought that I wanted those stories to be out there because there's a lot of people that deal with challenges and struggles and times in their life when they need to example to show them that no matter how like highlight reel my life looks or how the TV shows look like every single animal we get and there's no problem with it, in real life there's a lot of challenges that we face along the way and obstacles and me personally being a female in the male-dominated world of hunting, that was, you know, there were challenges with that, too. And I, I just wanted people to see that. And it, some, someone asked who the audience is, and there really isn't there really isn't an audience. It's not just for gross, young girls. It's not just for people your age. It's not just for hunters or non-hunters. It's kind of just for anyone that either they love the outdoors, they're interested in the outdoors, they're interested in the field of table movement, they have obstacles and challenges in their life that they're trying to overcome. It's for any of these people. Um, and I mean, I love that you are enjoying it. And then a seven-year-old girl can also pick it up and have her dad read it to her and she enjoys it. And that, that's my mission. And I feel like I'm accomplishing that when you say, me, say that to me. So thank you. Uh, well, you are accomplishing your mission. And I know anytime, you know, my mission is uh, this radio show and then the, the children's foundation that it helps and you know I'm, I'm all wrapped up into that's my mission i know what my future is in this mission Every, everybody has that so what is the future of eva shockey i have i mentioned earlier i have an eight-month-old daughter her name is lenny bow and my husband and i just absolutely love beyond anything being parents it's something i've hoped for my entire life and i'm very very blessed to have a husband and daughter now so we really want to raise her to love the outdoors appreciate nature and hopefully I would love for her to hunt, but the important thing is not so much that she hunts. It's just that she understands where her food comes from and understands the animal that gave us life for that food. So we came, I'm, right now I'm in uh, Texas for my book tour, but two days ago we were at dove uh, hunting camp hunting doves, and my daughter, my little eight-month-old, was there with us, and she's coming to Whitetail Camp, and we go every weekend out into the woods and do things that we want to do, shoot our, shoot our bows or whatever, and that's probably the next stage. I mean, I'm still working and I'm still traveling and filming the show. And well, Eva, that is some fantastic information. I'll tell you what, let us pay a few bills here and uh, come back to the next section and we'll continue talking about this. The game is changing. Most tournaments, people have an idea, you know, not in Major League Fishing. Oh my goodness, that's the one. 
Now the fun begins. It's Major League Fishing. Modern Spartan Systems presents TVT Engine Oil Additives. True superhero chemistry with the power to protect, enhance, and optimize vehicle performance. Reduce engine noise and vibration. Improve fuel efficiency. Lower operating temperatures. Increase horsepower and torque. And protect against friction and wear. This is some of the most advanced molecular-based technology ever to be developed. And it also happens to be green. Learn more about TVT Engine Oil Additives at ModernSpartanSystems.com. 